Hello and welcome to another edition of Truth and Rhythm, brought to you by FunkinStuff.net. This is the interview show that gets deep into the pocket with contemporary music's foremost masters of the groove. I'm your host, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine, and whether you're watching on YouTube or to FunkinStuff.net or listening to the podcast version at iTunes, Spotify, Google, what have you, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Much appreciated. If you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe to the Funkin' Stuff channel on YouTube. For this episode, it's a pleasure to welcome to the Truth and Rhythm Mothership a man who has spearheaded a year-long campaign that is near and dear to my heart, as well as that of viewers and listeners of this program. That is entrenching funk music as its own unique genre and creative force, honoring funk artists and figures, and educating the world and young people about funk music and culture. That man is David Webb, president, CEO, and founder of the Funk Music Hall of Fame and Exhibition Center in Dayton, Ohio, a city that has been called the funk capital of the world due to its being home to wonderful artists like the Ohio Players, Lakeside, Sun, Roger Troutman, Zap, Heatwave, Slave, and many more. I've got to know David Webb a bit the past couple of years and was delighted to accept his invitation to join the movement as an official funk ambassador myself. It's actually a title that I held unofficially since I purchased <laughs> my first album back in 1974, which was the Ohio <laughs> Players Skin Tight. So yeah. forever changed my life. Yes. Dave, so good to have you. How are you? Thank you, thank you, Dr. Scott, man. I'm honored to be on your show, man. It's a long time coming, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, likewise. So glad to have you. And where are you coming to us from today? I'm coming from the land of funk, Dayton, Ohio. Uh-huh. Right at my studio, one of my uh, recording studios I have. We're at my recording studio that I have at my house. And I'm, we're down in the basement. Okay. <laughs> kind of like Wayne's World. Yes, 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 yes. Now, Wayne should be coming out and we're singing Wayne's World, Wayne's World in a few minutes. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I hope you're having a nice uh, fall there. We finally got our fall here in uh, Charlotte, so that's all good to go. So tell me, uh, David, let's uh, go back, turn turn back the clock a little bit. Sure. What what is What is David Webb about? What is your background? You grew up in Dayton. Um, what did you do for work? What did you do that got you into music? Well, when I first started out, when I was like 15, 16 years old, I got in the music business as a stage manager for local bands. And I took, I took that talent learning from, uh, on the stage, um, behind the stage with a lot of these major, uh, acts. And I learned the industry of music. And then, you know, I've been church listening to, Andre Crouch and the Disciples, listening to James Brown, uh, Sly the Family Stone. Uh, I was a very spiritual uh, family that we grew up with, uh, church folks. And I grew up in Church of God in Christ. You know, West Angeles, California, Church of God in Christ, that's real big, the bishops and stuff out there. So I grew up and listened to that music. But my, my, my heart was passion for funk music because when I heard funk music as a kid, my first one was We the People of the Mighty by Earth, Wind & Fire. Then Ohio players funky worm hit me. And I was like, oh my God, the drum beat of Greg Webster, that was phenomenal. <laughs> it just took me to a whole nother level. And I kind of started getting hungry in funk music. And then, like I said, I grew up, uh, went to uh, 
I went to uh, Jackson as a Jackson Elementary School as a kid. Went from there to uh, Jefferson E.J. Brown High School. I went to uh, uh, came out of Fairview. Went on to Sinclair Community College, and then I'm uh, working on uh, some of my business stuff with Indiana University. I'll be finishing up, uh, getting started with that on my business degree out there. But other than that, I'm just I'm just a humble guy loving funk music and I want the world to know what we're doing. Well, it must have been exciting to grow up in that atmosphere, in that environment, and just to be in the cradle of all that funk music, you know, and to be of that age where you can really get into it and absorb it all. But you know what? You know, it's interesting, Dr. Scott, when you, you see these guys walking down the street and you go, well, that's Mark Adams' slave. That's, that's Drac. That's Sugarfoot driving down the street blowing at you. That's Satch. I remember I used to live on a uh, corner of Emerson and Salem Avenue, and Satch lived on a street called Marathon next to Colonel White High School. So what I used to do, go down the street and hang out with my friends, and Satch, Diamond, Merv, Pee Wee, and all them, and all their friends would be behind Satch's swimming pool in that yard, and you could see you know, in that fence. So one day I asked Satch, I said, can I come over? He said, climb the fence and come in. So that's what I got a chance to, to meet the Ohio players, and I was, like, blown away. Wow. Gosh. I was just so thrilled to see them back in the 70s when I was, you know, in, like, middle school and seeing them taking buses to, uh, you know, downtown Los Angeles. It didn't matter what I had to go through, you know, to go see them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting. As, 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 as teenagers, as we grow up, you know, from – from uh, six, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, growing up and hearing that music, it was always something new. I'm just like, wow, what the Ohio players are gonna put out? What, what? Oh, we got, we got Lakeside. What they gonna put out? It's a lot of things was happening. Music so took off so much in Dayton, Ohio. It was a band on every street corner, every garage band. Everybody had a band. Dayton had so many bands that came out of there. A lot of people left Dayton and went on to bigger and better careers. And some people left Dayton, went to London, England, you know, and did a lot of stuff over there, too. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I've had a lot of guests from the area that have been on the show from Slave and, uh, you know, different bands from, from that area. Just to hear them talk about, you know, how competitive it was, but sort of in a, in a, a, a way of camaraderie, you know, and just, uh, you know, a spirit of being musical and, and, and laying down the funk and uh, just sounds like it was just incredible, just in the air there, or as they say, in the water. Yeah, well, the great Marshall Jones, you know, Marshall Jones, if you see some uh, on our uh, YouTube videos, the funders of uh, music videos that, or YouTube videos that we do, uh, Marshall Jones came over in our studio and he signed one of his bass guitars. It was a five-string bass that he played, practice bass, Jackson five-string. And he said, someone asked him, he says, Marshall Jones, why is Dayton, Ohio so funky? He said, God stuck his foot in the Miami Valley. The sweat off of God's feet ran into the water. That's why it says something in the water. So you know me, I had to call the city of Dayton and said, you know, God sweat his feet is in the Miami Valley, the water. And that's how Dayton got so funky. So that was pretty cool. I like when Marshall said that. Yeah, well, and I also like thinking that God is funky. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, God. And see, and one of the things about our organization, our organization is a faith-based organization. We do believe in God and a higher power because without him, uh, the Funk Center wouldn't be successful what it is. We always give God praise, and that's what we always say. God is almighty. 
Well, I mean, it's so it's all tied in with the spirituality, and I mean, funk is so to me, it's very spiritual, and and there's yeah. so much funk in the church nowadays too. So, yeah, you know, one of the interesting things, and like I said, I when I grew up listening to uh, gospel music, you know, Andre Krauss was funky, the Hawkins, you know, a lot of people in that 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 West Coast. Uh, sound out there, as you, as you already know, that San Francisco, Oakland sound was huge back in there. And Sly Stone inf influenced a lot of the, that uh, gospel funk out there. You know, I mean, it was tremendous. And, you know, I always say Oakland and San Francisco area is, is, is a funk, funky place, too. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I feel so naive now thinking back on it, but I was just a kid, you know, but I really never put two and two together that all these bands were from an area that was so tight. You know, I was getting the records of all these bands. I'm like, wow, it's from Ohio too. You know, but I had never been at that point um, uh, east of California in my life. Oh, yeah. So I was like, Ohio may have may have well been, you know, in Europe or Russia or something. I didn't know. So uh, just to now or later years to find out what a community of funk it was just uh, astounded me. When I went, I went, I went to school. I did, I did, uh, I did an International Brotherhood of uh, Allies school up in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I was part of the uh, uh, International Brotherhood of Painters and Allied Trade. I, I did, uh, I went up there and learned interior decorating design up in the Green Bay area, right? So a lot of people up there didn't know that um, funk was out of Dayton, Ohio. They thought it was, they were from Chicago, Los Angeles, Atlanta. They think the little small, medium-sized city of Dayton, Ohio would be so funky. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So we talked about a little bit, but as you were growing up, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, Funky Worm and, and that, but who were who some of your other sort of musical heroes and, and, and like that? Oh, wow. All the dating groups. Let's put all the dating groups. I used to, one of my, everybody's my favorite, but one kind of stuck out was, you know, like I said, Ohio players. But one was Byron Bird and the group's son, okay? Byron lived down on the, in the Wright Dunbar area. Now it's called the Wright Dunbar area. And he had his band, they, their studio was in the on the side of a basement. So every Saturday, I used to, ride my bike down there and just listen out uh that uh, garage and in the garage is like it was like a uh, like a house you had you know you had your uh, like a living room then you had an upward side of the basement where you could see the band play and man i was just like amazed with that sound because you know if you think about sun there's no per se lead singer in sun everybody sings so if someone leaves the group they still got that sun sound you notice that yep yeah well that was actually a thing about um a lot of the funk bands, they had kind of those group vocals. And then as time went on, they started feeling like they had to have a lead vocalist. And a lot of times that lead vocalist was tried to be pulled away from the group and then the group, you know, but that's a whole cycle thing with the record labels. And then a couple of, couple of groups I like, I always like, I like the big band sounds like, you know, from uh, Average White Band in um, Chicago. You know, I mean, you know, a, a chocolate milk. I mean, it's, it's it, the arcades. I'm going and going on, Earth, Wind, and Fire, going and going. And I mean, but it's just, I, I, I was one of those guys. I like everything. I, I like the new funk, the old funk. And I, one of the groups I really stuck out to me, the group called Level 42. I mean, they were so funky, so funky. And I tell people, it's funk in different countries. We just don't hear it. 
And there's funk in Japan. We just don't hear it. I mean, Japan is right now, as you already know, Dr. Scott, they are so funky over there. They're living the 70s that we live right now. I mean, it's tremendous. You got Woody Funk over there. I mean, it's just tremendous style of music. Yeah, and when our musicians go over there, they're just worshipped like gods God. almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. Amazing. And they know all the lyrics, even though they may not speak English. Yes. We had a gentleman come over from Japan. He and he's a he he's a big supporter of the Funk Center over there. He 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 came over to the Funk Center because you know right now everybody knows we're looking for another building, uh, Doctor Scott. And uh, he came over. He had a hotel room down there. I personally came and took him around and showed him sites where the Ohio players practice, where Heat Wave practice, different streets where people grew up. He was so excited about that. And I said, I said, you know what? You coming all the way to Japan just to meet me? I'm going to show you around. I took him to dinner. I took him to breakfast. I mean, he was so ecstatic. I took him where Roger Troutman's uh, memorial uh, on the corner of Salem Avenue and Katapa. I took him to there. I mean, he was ecstatic about that. And I always tell people this. You know, as me as the president and CEO, I'm a humble man. I want to help everybody. You might agree, agree with me, you know, but it's okay. But I'm here to educate the public's knowledge in the history of funk music, help everyone, especially the children. That's all it's about with me. Wow, that, that was a lucky man, though, that got, you know, that attention from you, knowing your way around like you do. Yes. Um, if somebody asked you, and I am right now, what, uh, you know, distinguishes Dayton, Ohio funk from other funk, what my and you know all those groups they had they had their own sounds but is there something that sort of distinguishes the Dayton sound do you think? Well, you notice as you already know, Doctor Scott, <clears throat> but we're going to talk about this. Day all the groups in Dayton, Ohio, sound totally different. Everybody had the sound. You knew the slaves had mm, on the bass. You know when Sugarfoot go ow. You know when Byron Bird goes. They do his little rum. You knew when Platypus was it, isn't in the moonlight? The high voice like that. And and, and, you, and you knew when Aura had that little slave sound. And you know when Roger did zap, more mouth, more you knew that you knew that. You knew that. And then you know, it also people forget CC Pennison's from Dayton, Ohio. You know, the great CC Pennison. And a lot of people influenced that sound. But Dayton, Ohio, all the groups in Dayton, Ohio had a separate sound. Lakeside. You know, Lakeside with Mark Wood. With his voice and stuff like that, and Steve Shockley's guitar, what he's just his, everybody was different. So you don't see that there's any thread though that goes through all of them other than being funky. Everybody went to Roosevelt High School, Dunbar High School, Shelley Kaiser, pretty much everybody. All these took music lessons in Dayton Public Schools. Hmm. Everybody, Dayton Public Schools, even like Johnny and Keith Weiler went to Chaminade, uh, Chaminade Julianne, uh, and that was a Catholic school. So they was bringing funkin' Catholic <laughs> right then. <laughs> so, David, you had this this passion for it. What kind of uh, got you going in pursuing establishing this funk museum and funk center? That's a, that's a great that's a great question, Doctor Scott. You know, ten years ago we set this 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 uh, in motion. 
because some of the funk stars wasn't getting recognized. You know, you had your Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You had everybody's Hall of Fame. And I said to myself, this had, I need to get this together. So what I did, I went outside the city of Dayton and, and I met with, uh, you know, Carla Eden Floyd and George G, different other people like that. And we said, had a conversation about that. And Thomas Shelby was part of that from Lakeside. Uh, uh, Linnell uh, Motley was part of that too. And a lot of people was, uh, the first people was working with me on that. So we went outside to the city of Dayton, went to different cities and got a Gideon's army to come back to the city of Dayton to make this happen because we want, we wanted it to be a secret first. And so once we launched it, then, then it was there. And when we launched it, it was a great thing, but yeah, I mean, it was amazing putting this together and I always tell people it's not a David Webb show, Scott, Dr. Scott, it is a funk center thing. I'm just a conductor driving the train. It's not about me. It's about the funk stars. And that's what we're here for. Well, I was so just hardened when I first learned of it because, I mean, I spent my whole life proselytizing funk music and trying to turn everyone I can on to, like, different groups and songs. And, you know, I was a DJ for a long time, so it was all about that. And, right. you know, to see that this was finally being taken on was just fantastic. And, um, you know, so much credit to you for doing that. What 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 year would you say that the, you know, first started you know, when did the germ of the idea come to you? And when did it finally first look like, hey, this could happen? This, uh, 1989, 1989 by talking about it. Because, you know, a lot of people had the idea and the concept want to do it. Some people started and if they fell to the wayside. So what I did, I had a, I had a formula. I call it sweat equity. <laughs> Use helping people because, you know, no one gets paid in our organization. We wish it's, it's, it's Sweat equity. We working for we working for a purpose. The man. So it started from there, 1989, and it build it build. We started we started going to other museums, talking to people, talking to curators, and seeing what they were doing. Understanding the museum and how we lay down uh, stuff to the museum. Uh, talking uh, to people who curated stuff and made sure we do was doing the right thing and doing this right. So I mean, it took a lot of stuff. It took a lot of sleepless nights. A lot of sleepless nights, but we worked hard in doing that. And I, I take my hat off to all, all the Funk Center staff and even yourself, you know, for, you know, putting that sweat equity in time and to making this happen. And I mean, we right now we are uh, looking for another building. Uh, we're talking to a lot of city officials, a lot of county officials, a lot of diplomatic people who want to see this happen because this is one of a kind in the world. We have over one artifacts and memorabilia pieces that have not even been seen yet. When we were down at 113 East 3rd Street, let me tell that story, what happened, so we can, if you don't mind, Dr. Scott. I, I was going to say, for viewers and listeners that may be uninitiated, definitely explain what happened there. Okay, so uh, we, uh, about five years ago, we was a part of the uh, Dayton Metro Library, Jane Close, you know, Jane and um, uh, Tim Cavabish, the director, they was looking for an opportunity space. So what happened was uh, Keith Harrison from Faisal contacted me and said, David, Jane Close was looking for you to uh, maybe put uh, some uh, artifacts in their little opportunity space. I said, oh, wow, that would be a great idea uh, for us to do that. So with a grand opening in April uh, about two years ago, 
and it, it just took, took the space was uh, we had to leave the space. So just so happily, Scott Gibson with the Elway Group came up with a gentleman, a uh, couple of gentlemen who talked about they love funk music. And Scott was Scott said, David, I want you to come down to 113 East Third Street and bring uh, your artifacts and memorabilia. I think it'd be a great thing what we're doing downtown. So we moved down downtown and everything was really great and good and stuff like that. And we had a grand opening in April, as you probably seen it all over. I mean, we had we had thousands of people come there. We was turning people away. And I always tell people, we're sorry we had to turn you away, but it's going to be bigger and better things coming up, you know, pretty soon. So what happened was something happened with the Elway Group where they had to sell the building to a another developer in Columbus. So when we were in there, we were happy and Scott was telling us we're fine and different things was going on. So one time they were core drilling and water came down on some of our exhibit. So we so we called over and had a meeting. And next thing I know, two weeks later, they sent me an email saying we had to move everything out of the museum and then move everything back in and they was going to charge us $1,400 rent. Now, as a nonprofit, we, we wasn't making no money. The only thing we were doing was charging people to come in just to keep the lights on. We we wasn't making no money, Scott, whatsoever. We wouldn't cared about it. it was just educating our public's knowledge. So so I said to myself, wow. So we had a board meeting. So the, the board, we voted to move out of that place and have the stuff in our secret location and storage, our artifacts and memorabilia. That's what's happening right there. So from there, other people contacted me and said, oh, Oh, it should be in this district. It should be in this place. People, we have a GoFundMe campaign. If you go to our website, we need money to do this. So from there, it's a gentleman named Eric Collins called me from the uh, economic developer for Montgomery County. He said, Mr. Webb, I'm going to have a conversation with you. So I met with him. We talked about a couple things. And he said, this would be a great, great, great asset to Montgomery County. The county means Dayton's in Montgomery County to, to, to show this case. So he said, let's work on some stuff. So we're talking about some things right now. As we speak, we're talking to some major museums around the city who are interested in helping the function around as, as we speak right now. I mean, major museums. And I don't want to, I might miss somebody, but these are major, major uh, directors. They love funk music. You would be surprised. I mean, white, black, everyone loves funk music. And because funk music has no color barrier. I mean, on the keyboards, black and white, and when you put them together, that's harmony. If you, if you leave them alone, that's, it, it spaces up. When you put your fingers down, you got notes. And that's where we are right now. Yeah. Well, I think uh, in the decades since, you know, the 70s, I mean, it's definitely crossed over. We were talking about to other countries, but as far as uh, ethnic and, and race, definitely crossed over. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, how, how big of a setback would you say that is what happened? Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a major setback. It was a major setback because we still have people calling from all over the world want to come see the funk center. And, and we have to, we have to, uh, our staff, as you probably already know, our staff had to send in the uh, letter from the desk of David explaining what's happening where you go to the website and see what's going on but i mean it was it was kind of it was a little devastating it was devastating for us because we had over we had over ten thousand people visit the funk center it was within that short time and i mean it was amazing it was amazing a lot of people coming in and out i mean it was tremendous tremendous 
tremendous audience. And people were, like I said, they're, they're still coming down there and taking pictures of the front of the funk center as like they call it the the uh, holy grail of funk. <laughs> hey, you know, it's just like uh, funk itself. You got to get over the hump. Yes, yes. Got to get over the hump. Oh, watch me. <laughs> um, wow. So, and I mean, you guys had gotten so much good PR out about it. And, you know, the, the wheels were really turning. So. Oh, yeah. We, we it, was, it was, I mean, the, 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 the uh, popularity was going, was great. A lot of pictures. You go to our, our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, even our YouTube channel. There's pictures and uh, where people were coming out and supporting this. And they are still supporting us as we speak. They just can't wait until we uh, get another place. And what we want to do now, what we had down there was like it was like three to four thousand feet square feet, and and we were cramped. We were cramped. We were in there. We need a good like seven to ten thousand square feet to put things in because we want to have a we want to have a school where we can educate the kids and let them play instruments. We want to have master series classes like yourself to come and talk to the students. That stage, that platform where people can get heard, and because you know you got a lot of funk stars, people forgot about them. Because, you know, Dayton, Ohio is the most sampled city in America that rappers sample the Dayton sound, as you already know, Scott. I mean, so we want them to come in and do a seminar about how they was influenced by the funk music of Dayton, Ohio. What is Dayton like today in terms of uh, musician and musicians? And, you know, is there still a lot of music coming up or not so much? Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know, there's there's people... A lot of funk bands and uh, uh, contact us in South America, Mexico, France, Germany, Africa. Uh, I mean, you'd be surprised. They're funk, but we just don't hear it. But uh, they send us uh, demos about playing their music and stuff. Like I said, it, I said, you keep on making the funk. It's going to happen like that. Some great, great music. I mean, and then you got to have a lot of um, uh, garage bands. You have a lot of uh, people who are, uh, you know, pay homage to the Ohio players, dress like them or or dress like the parliament funkadelic you know these are these are local bands who are doing doing their uh justice and honoring these guys so this is all over the world i'm just i was curious if that you know there's still some some of that funk in the local water you know helping with the young people coming up that maybe they're gonna you know get some <laughs> funk in them too oh yeah there there is you got you have uh terry troutman's son he's doing some stuff uh of the zap you have uh um some young man's from uh, new uh, new horizon they new horizon roger proudman produced it they got some new uh, singles come out tim abrams and they got some stuff coming uh i mean it's, it's a lot of groups i'm trying to think of a lot of groups coming uh slave i talked to um thomas lockett the, the saxophone player with slave they got some new slave stuff coming up even Steve Aaron's working on new material that he has. It's, it, 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 we just don't get a chance to hear it, but th these guys are still funky in there. Now, I know the Ohio players, even Jimmy Diamond and uh, them, they have some new material that they got out on the internet. You know, I, I was talking to uh, the other day, Michael Cooper. Michael Cooper has new new stuff that he's doing. Even Son, Byron Bird has new stuff. I mean, it sounded updated stuff. These guys are updated stuff, but the radio stations don't play them no more like they used to. They, they play the new age stuff. But I know we have a couple of radio stations who play some funk music, but they don't play them in the national, national stuff no more. Yeah. Um, so 
how did you get most of the stuff that's going to be in the museum? That's a great question. Well, well, <laughs> I actually talked to people, made them feel comfortable, and speaking with them because they're they're, they're giving up their livelihood and what they learned and they earned. And I told them this was displayed in a gently kind and caring way. I said, now they donated this to us. And, you know, and I told them we want to represent this because like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they're doing their thing, but funk goes all different directions. You have rock funk, rap funk, gospel funk, this funk. So we have all genres of funk music in the funk center. And we want to pay homage to all these guys who donate their artifacts and memorabilia to us. And we're very, very appreciative of what they do for us. And I think I definitely want viewers and listeners to, to know this is not just about dating artists. This is all of funk. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What do you say to um, devil's advocates who might uh, still question, you know, why put it in Dayton? You know, a lot of the artists are from there, but are, are, are enough people going to go there to Dayton as opposed to a big city, a bigger city? And that's a great question. Let, let, me, let me tell you what happens. When people came to our tour, they visit Prince, their, uh, his uh, museum up there. In, uh, and then they went to Detroit, to Motown. Then they visited the Funk Center. They, then they went to Stax. And then they went to the Commodores uh, Museum in Alabama. So you'd be surprised. We have people coming in from Alaska. And, it wasn't, it, and they, they weren't black. They were white folks coming in big families and, they, and I, was, it, I was amazed and I was like, they said funk music covers all barriers ground and what, back to your question Dayton, Ohio has so many groups come out of there, they have so many athletes actors, actresses I mean Dayton, Ohio for a solid medium sized city, you'd be surprised who came out of Dayton, Ohio You know, Dayton, Ohio's roots run deep into the music industry, a movie industry Recording industry, television industry, you'd be surprised. If you had to put a, a timetable on it, David, when do you think we'll see another physical location? Well, we're working on it, as you know, diligently right now. It takes time and effort. And what we, we have everything laid out. We just, we, it's, it's, it's finances right now. So we're trying to raise enough finances enough enough energy so we can so we can like build from scratch if we can't build from scratch there's buildings we can uh 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 re remodel to make this happen but it takes your donations to make this happen now like i said i i'm gonna tell you something personally i personally use my retirement you already know i use my retirement into my money i don't have a retirement i put money invested into the functioner because i believed it in the funk so this is my livelihood, and I take this very seriously. What would I do with the Funk Center? So, what are your responsibilities, basically, in that role? Well, as the president and CEO, I'm like the voice of the uh, the Funk Center. You know, I go out, I talk to people, I encourage them to uh, join our organization, I encourage them to donate, I encourage people, let them know about our education part, I encourage them, let them know that this is Dayton, Ohio. Because Dayton, Ohio is known for innovation, the Wright Brothers, the cash register. Because at one time, Dayton, Ohio was the patent capital of the world in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Dayton, Ohio was huge industry. But the music industry in Dayton, Ohio, people forgot. 
And I want to make sure people, when I tell them that Dayton is the fun capital of the world and that what you listen to when we grew up as children to you, what your children listen to is the Dayton sound and funk music all over the world. And that's what I do. I am a campaign. I stake my flag in it. Let people know funk is here to stay. Amen. And what I what I see is a part of the urgency also is just so many of these great artists, the originators have been leaving us, you know, the past five, 10 years. And so I feel this tremendous urgency to, to give it as much due and exposure as possible as quickly as possible while we still have a lot of them around. And that's a great question now on, as you know, like in, in, in two months from now, uh, having something in, on February the 29th, we're doing our first induction ceremony. It will be the Ohio players, James Brown and George Clinton. That's our first class. And so what we're going to do, the people who are passed away of funk stars, we're going to ask some of the uh, artists in Dayton to say a couple of words or say their name when they come up. You know, say, paying tribute to this person, paying tribute to that person, because funk stars need to be recognized. And we want to recognize the past and present. That's important. And how is that going to be uh, moving forward? Will there be like three inducted every year or, or the number might vary or? Well, and that's a great question. Like I said, that's our first class. Now, Mike Clutterball is uh, is going to be our chair for that, and uh, Mike uh, is one of one of our funk ambassadors and stuff. He's he heading that up. Uh, we're looking for more people to get on board uh, with that and work with him on that, so we can have the class. But we, as a um, as a uh, group, we chose uh, James Brown because James Brown. He started in 1965, and, and he took it from there. And then George Clinton, you know, George Clinton, he did his thing. And then Ohio players changed it with the big brass horns and stuff. Well, wow, all that. And, and so we 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 started with that, that foundation right there, and then we're gonna grow from there and add people on. It could be it could be three, it could be four, it could be five, but we want to start somewhere to get to get these guys recognized. Yeah, well, you can't argue those picks, um, and. <laughs> Especially, it's heartening to see like Ohio players because I mean they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame too. But you know, at least they're going to get their due here. Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, I respect all those guys. I mean, uh, Jimmy's a great guy. You got Billy Beck. You know, Satch passed away. Sugar passed away. A lot of people have passed away. But we want to make sure that they have like uh, Sugarfoot's personal manager uh, donated some of Sugarfoot's outfits that was in the Funk Center and. Uh, um, Marshall Jones's family donated stuff. And I mean, I mean, so many things. And Greg Webster, his original drum set from Pain and Funky Worm is in the Funk Center. And plus his gold records that he donated us. But he said, David, I want you to have this because my kids will have it and it might get history might get lost. And we tell people now, donate to us so your children and people can see this history go on and go on and go on. After I'm dead and gone, the Funk Center will move on and move on as a nonprofit and keeping funk alive for generations to come what would you say i mean i'm sure you know let's say aside from money and funding what is your biggest challenge with this undertaking well one one of the things is you mean for the about building the museum yes well one of the what it, it, it's it's hard work when we first started the uh funk center i mean you got to go you got to jump through hoops for the city 
the county, the everything, the uh, the people to come out to do the surveys, everything. That's that's the biggest hurdle. Dealing, you got to deal with the inspectors, meetings with the inspectors, uh, the plumbers, the fire people, the fire marshal. I mean, it's so much goes on just just to uh, just to get that building together and get it up. And people think we can just open up just like that. It's not that simple. I mean, you have to codes and, and codes enforcement and zoning enforcement. I mean, it's a lot of stuff you had to go through and a lot of paperwork you got to do. But once once it's done, it's it's all gravy. Yeah. Is it like um, as you got deep into it, were you like, wow, this is maybe more than I anticipated. But now I'm so far into it. I got to see I got to see it to its end. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But, you know, one of the things I always said, you, I, I just said to myself, the the ending result is going to be great. The ending result is going to be great. That's how I looked at it. And I love the logo. Who designed that? Well, what I have, it was, it was Stephanie Thornton, uh, me, and George G. And we, we came up with the concept. Then we, we took it to another friend named uh, 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 David Bannister. And he uh, kind of crafted it for us and let and took it from there and we, then when he sent it back to us and we, we were happy and we you know it's copyrighted and it's registered with the uh u.s government and stuff like that and you know as our attorneys say the rest is history <laughs> yeah and now you've got it merchandised finally so listeners and viewers you can get a uh, gear uh is that shirt you're wearing available yes yes go to the the our website www.thefunkcenter dot uh, org and you can you can scroll scroll down you get your chance to see the link where you can buy the swag with everybody's wearing a swag now I see you got it on too <laughs> gotta represent yes sir yes sir yeah um so what other uh initiatives are underway be, aside from finding a physical location and doing the hall of fame uh induction what else is going on well, a lot of a lot of things. We're, we're working with students now. We're working with the Twin Teague organization to put instruments in kids' hands, and that's one of the big things. Like like right now, we're doing. Also, uh, working with uh, different uh, organizations. We got some little secret things coming out a little later. I can't give it out right now, but working working with uh, the children, uh, working with different uh, uh, venues to to better enhance and better knowledge for people understanding about funk music and how important it is. And so we get kids involved because I did that TED talk. You've seen a TED talk I did, right? Yeah. How the arts and funk music influence my life. And a lot of teachers across the country are, are doing my TED talk. It's, you, if people go out, look up David Webb, TED talk, uh, Dayton, and they can see what I was talking about as 13 year olds, how music influenced my life. So instruments in the kids' hands. We tell people, quit, quit sampling the music, learn the music. It stimulates your mind heart and body and that's very important because when we were coming up it was arch was big wasn't it yeah i had i had in school yeah. yeah yeah now they're taking arts away from some strange reason they're putting it in football and basketball but don't get me wrong i'm an athlete i understand but i i learned the preamble to listening to schoolhouse rock and my teacher asked me how did you learn this through music music 
I, you know, like I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And if you vote for me on Capitol Hill, and then I took it from there. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice to tranquility. See, I learned learned that. You're gonna duet with her. I learned that through music. Yeah, yeah, I know it all. Uh, Can function junction? What's your function? Hook it up, phrase it. See, that's how I learned and got through school by learning through music. You know, it's such a, a thrill when you go on YouTube and if you find a video of some kid that really has chops on an instrument, especially playing like some like old funk tune or something like that. I'm like, yes. wow, that, that gives me hope. That really, you know. Those young people playing the drums, the little boy plays the bass guitar. You have Asian kids doing funk. I mean, I mean, these kids are like thir- uh, 10, 9, 8, 13. I was like, Lord. These guys playing like pros. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, there was a time even in the 80s where I was worried that, you know, horns were going to go by the wayside forever because, I mean, the synthesizers yes. came in, the drum machines, and everything was getting, uh, you know, computerized, electronic. So I'm so glad that, yeah. you, you know, know, it's still, you know, still happening. When, when, Prince, when Prince came on with his sound, remember, Everybody was doing keyboards, and that was his thing. And Prince changed the shape of music then. Everybody had to, so the horns was left to the side. Everybody was doing keyboard horns like that, trying to break it up. Now everything's coming back again. Everything's coming back again. Every, horns is now, everybody got to have a horn section. Horn sections made the group, because when you hear the horn section, that was real live horns, not synthetic keyboards. It wasn't the same. Definitely. Um, so, David, if you look at where things are now, I, I had a question here to ask you, and that is, you know, what are your top three challenges facing the, the progression of the Funk Center and Museum now? Well, one, one, like I said, one of the challenges, people to understand what we're doing and what we're about. Um, other challenges, uh, more, more awareness that people can understand that it's not about it's not about me. It's about it's about our children, and and my last one I, I feel is it, it's always it's always financial. But I just want the challenges. Don't listen to a uh, somebody make up a lie about something. Come and ask the organization, you know, because you have people out there making delusional thoughts or saying stuff negative. Just come and ask the organization. They'll tell you the truth because. We believe it's not about me or it's all about our children. And that's that's the challenge that we have. Just we want to put the truth out there, not a lie. So you talked about how people can, you know, get uh, gear if they want gear. But how can people best support this whole movement? What can they do? Well, you know, and that's a great question. Like I said, you go to our website at www.thefunkcenter.org. That's the T H E Funk F U N K Center C E N T E R dot org. And go go there. You can donate money or you can go share our share our pages. Go to YouTube, go to Instagram or Twitter, share our page, uh, copy somebody, go go to the Funk Center page, invite people to join our page. The more the mayor to get the information out. I mean, it's tremendous because this benefits everyone, everyone. 
All right, now that we got that business out of the way, David, I want to ask you a couple of questions. I thought we'd have a little bit of fun with. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, music questions. So, what would you say if I? Uh, what would might be your like top five all time albums? Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Oh gee! Well, let's see. Well, Funky Worm. Uh, well, the Paint album. Um. Uh, oh wow! Let's see, man. <laughs> it's so many. It's so many. Let, 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 me, let me do the groups, and I, let me do the groups, okay? Because it's so many albums. Because I might miss something like that. Okay, let's say the Ohio players. Let's let's put all Dayton groups as one, okay? Okay, <laughs> that, all their albums are great. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> that's that's one, okay? The second. Uh, Sly Stone, his 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 work, what he was doing. James Brown, his stuff, what he was doing. I, I got a couple more, but you know, I mean, it, 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 it's 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 uh, Parliament Funkadelics, their their stuff, they were doing. I mean, even uh, even uh, average white band Chicago. I mean, it's it's so many it's so many. Peter Frampton came alive. I mean, when he did the talk box, I mean, it's so it's so many uh, things, man. My head just going like boo, 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 boo. But I mean, it's 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 great. It's it's a lot of great groups with great albums. Because I don't want to. Uh, somebody say we didn't mention mine. You the fuck you didn't mention mine. That's why I said it's so many. Everybody had a great album. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All right, that's a bit of a political answer, but you, you touched on some <laughs> some great ones there. <laughs> um, what about this? What's the most unforgettable concert you've you've seen in Dayton? Like you can go all the way back to when you were a teenager. The Jackson Fives at Hair Arena. Uh, the Jackson Fives at Hair Arena. That that was my as a kid because that that was the bubblegum music. Uh, then when I get a chance to see Slave, uh, Slave at Hair Arena. I mean Slave at University of Dayton. Heat Wave. Seeing him when you know before Johnny got in his accident because you know they were acrobatic. Seeing Ohio players, uh, uh part of the Funkadelic. Uh, uh, wow, did you get to see the mothership? Yes, they, it landed in the hair arena many times. One thing as a kid, when it, when it landed down, everybody was hollering, it was so smoky in there. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> it was so, it was it, when it landed down. And, and you know the smoke came out of out of the spaceship it was so smoky in there, and then George Clinton just raised up out of the thing, and everybody just went crazy. I was like, wow! And then when he got in and went back down, how the spaceship took out and went across across the arena, and it stopped. I mean, I was blown away. I, I was blown away. Yeah, that's such an amazing uh, show, and they were just getting warmed up at that point. I mean. A lot of a lot of bands would have done the you know finale as a mothership, but now that was just like they were just getting warmed up. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. And then seeing Rick James, Jim James, and the Stone City Band, seeing Prince, Morris Day in a Time. I mean, so many, so many groups. Midnight Star, Bootsies, Bootsies Rubber Band. I mean, uh, the Manhattans. You know, the Enchantments, the OJ's. You know, because I always tell people this, and you, I say Ohio is the heart of it all for funk music and Dayton, Ohio's nerve center and funk. You know how many groups came out of Ohio? 
from Nancy Wilson to the poly, uh, to to uh, Bootsy, uh, the OJs, all the groups in Ohio, Isley Brothers. I mean, out of Cincinnati, Ohio, Cleveland. I mean, I mean, Ohio is thumping like this for music. I mean, Nancy Wilson. I mean, I sh I'm going. Well, even like some of the rock acts go on. Like I mean, the it's the just tremendous. Right? the pretenders from Ohio too. Yeah, yeah. Even even uh, even uh, the group uh, out of Cleveland, uh, uh, whip it good, da -da 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 -da. fun, Nuvo. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, Devo, Devo, yeah, Devo, Devo, Devo. I mean, so many groups out of Ohio. You'd be surprised. Even a group, uh, Switch. You know, switches. You know, out of Ohio. You know, near, you know. I mean, it's, it's tremendous talent out of Ohio. Incredible. Um, college football and funk out of Ohio. Oh, Ohio State. I'm an Ohio State fan. You know, when Ohio State plays football, Ohio stands still. <laughs> I've not been to Ohio a whole lot, but I did get to go on that campus one time. So, oh, you love it. You love it. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a beautiful campus. So in your in your role that you're in now, I mean, it must have been it must be a thrill that you've gotten to meet a lot more musicians and maybe people that you've admired. Is there anyone that you've gotten to meet through the role that you have that you were just a little starstruck and you're like, wow, this is pretty cool? George Clinton. Uh, <laughs> that was, you know, when Mudbone called me, Mudbone, you know, he's part of our funk ambassador. Mudbone said, hey, George wants to meet you. He heard about you. I'm like, wow. Then I got a chance to go to Bootsy's home. That was starstruck. Where you see it on YouTube, I got a chance to talk to Patty. Then, um, oh, wow. Uh, Mr. One in a Million, Chance of a Lifetime. Got a chance to meet him. Uh, I mean. Uh, Larry Graham. <laughs> yes, sir. And Larry, I took a picture with Larry. And Larry was, I mean, just so many people. You know. And, and they see how humble I am and, and talking to them. And I mean, it's, it's so many people. And I have a lot of people calling me funk stars, major stars. You know who were really when uh, people from Average White Band called me? Uh, one of the guys from Average White Band called me. He said, hi, Dave, this is me. You know, I said, oh, wow, the gentleman from Average White Band called me. I mean, it, it was amazing. And, uh, and a lot of people call me from different countries. Funk's artists, I mean, it's it, they because they support the Funk Center and they want to see it reopen again. That's what's amazing. Living the dream, my man. Well, you know, and I, I'm just, I, it's, it's something, it's a little overwhelming in a good way because sometimes, you know, people say, well, you, you know, you're David. And I was like, no, I'm just, I'm just David Webb. I'm a normal person who God is blessed for having favor with people. And you're musical a little bit yourself. You play. You play a little bit. Yes, I play. I'm, I'm a drummer by by, and I play keyboards when I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you sing at all? Uh, I can't sing. I'm I, I'm a, a shower singer more than anything. <laughs> yeah, because for me, I think part of the reason I push so hard into being a DJ and all this other stuff is because I can't sing. So. Well, you know, I, I sing sometimes. Somebody says, oh, you can sing, depending on what's going on. I remember I was singing a song by Level 42, Something About You, and I was playing the drums with the band, and they said, sing it. So I sung it, 
and I don't think I got the pipes no more. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to ask you, David, was what is your ultimate vision for the Funk Center? You know, what can it become in your lifetime, maybe even beyond your lifetime? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. One of the things about the Funk Center is just our education program would be big and huge throughout the United States. We want to have a um, radio a radio station. We want to have a television station so we can do funk, like a Soul Train funk thing. We want to have a restaurant. We want to have the, a walk of fame, a funk walk of fame. Uh, we want to reach out to people. We want to make sure the funk stars being recognized. We want to, if they're elderly, we want to build a retirement home for the funk center, uh, for the guys to come in the funk center retirement home. These are these are big things that I I I, I share with some people. And I mean, we we just want to make sure everyone's okay. Okay, we want to make sure these guys get health care. Some of these guys can't afford health care. They because you know they played all their life as musicians. They need health care. So we have a committee pretty soon we're working on that for these guys. Once we get everything up and moving and generate stuff like that, I mean, it's going to be tremendous, tremendous. We have we have a great passion for these guys. You know, as I remember when uh, Sly Stone, we didn't have he was staying in a camper and out there. And I was like, wow, man, we can get these guys relocated to Dayton, Ohio and get them a home so they can see what's going on. That's what we want to do. That retirement home for funk artists and that's what's going on that's what that's my vision of the funk center wow yeah the healthcare part of it is huge yeah yeah um especially with you know the contractual shenanigans that have gone on oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah i oh, hate yeah. hearing that um and that's and that's what that's what that's what we're about oh and I, i'm glad you asked that question because a lot of people don't know i, I have a, our, our platform is firm on what we want to do you know and we we, we reach out a across the country we talk to people uh you know i was in columbus Ohio too long ago i talk across the country i'm in atlanta i'm in all over the united states talking to people and you know i mean and the passion they have for funk music is you surprised I, i'm walking in the airport people were stopping me in the airport and said ain't you the funk guy i said yeah hi <laughs> so i mean and like like my staff says you know you 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 are the fixture of the funk center and you know people see you from they see you and they they know that you are an upright gentleman and you're a respectful gentleman and you you're doing the right thing. And I told them I I I'm I am doing the right thing because I want funk music to be big and big and bigger than it can be. And so it can be has this place in history with the rock and roll hall of fame. So it's the rock and roll and us and other things, but but we want to put funk music up here. Absolutely. Right there with you. So viewers, listeners, support the funk center. And um, is there anything else you want to add, David? Is this, my, is this my last thing to say? I can say this. I always tell people this, ladies and gentlemen. My name is David Webb. I'm the president and CEO of the Funk Music Hall of Fame and Exhibition Center. One of our golden missions is to educate our public's knowledge in the history of funk music on the one, as James Brown says. The genre funk music collective was sold in rhythm, gear for our young people. Generation Y, ZX, the millennials, the baby boomers, they need to know about funk music. Because I always tell people this before I go. Ohio is the heart of it all for funk music. And Dayton, Ohio is a nerve center of funk. Music is harmony. Harmony is music. Harmony is the strength and support of all institutions, especially this. Funk music, the empowerment of education in my life and yours. Thank you.
<laughs> Thank you, David. Hey, back at Truth and Rhythm headquarters. Thank you for joining us on another magical ride with Truth and Rhythm. Whether you're watching or listening, as always, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Be sure to subscribe. Go to YouTube. Go to the Funkin' Stuff channel. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Also, goodies here like TIR Quick Takes. And if you subscribe, you know what? You get the show before anyone else. It's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along. Tell a friend. Tell family. This audience is growing, and it is a beautiful thing, all coming together for the love of this great music. Also, if you can throw us a buck or two, we could use the support financially, keeping the lights on, keeping the servers going, all these expenses. If you can help support the program, whatever you can give, much appreciated. Go to the FunkinStuff.net website, and on the right-hand side of every page, you just click and you can donate through PayPal, credit card, whatever. Very easy to do and so much appreciated. And if you do a sizable donation, I will mention you on the program. Also drop me a line. Email me at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show, what you enjoy about the music. Let's just kibitz and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly, and I much enjoy the uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is your show, The True Music Lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one. <laughs>